This podcast is brought to you by GovInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within federal, state, and local government agencies. Firewalls have been around since the late 1980s, initially erected around network perimeters to control the flow of traffic and protect data inside host computers. But computing has changed dramatically since Digital Equipment Corporation developed the packet filter firewall in 1988. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of Information Security Media Group, and I'll be discussing how firewalls fit into an overall IT security regime in the second decade of the 21st century with two computer scientists from the National Institute of Standards and Technology. Tim Grants, Amarusha Supaya. Welcome, gentlemen. Glad to be here. Yeah, good morning. How is a firewall or firewall technology different today than it was a generation ago or even three, five years ago? I'd say that the basic functions uh, uh, remain the same. I think one of the trends is that so much more traffic has to pass through. Obviously, web traffic is what you ask for and what you get back in your system. In some ways, firewalls have remained the same in some sense, of course, we're applying them to we have virtual firewalls in the, the VM world and things like that. The basic functions are the same, but some of the threats are different, obviously more advanced threat. In terms of capabilities, firewall today actually need to have greater visibility into the actual traffic that's being transported on a network. So you need to be able to see into the actual content of what is flowing through your network. So capabilities of the firewall has increased uh, quite a bit over the last few years. Yeah, I'm glad Maruja clarified that because uh, the function's the same, but obviously the capabilities. The you know started off early times to the notion of deep packet inspections, so which is the idea of deeper inspection of the of the of the IO to make better decisions about what to let pass and what to let, not let pass. It has a better ability now to analyze what the content is? Yes. Um, with some of these type of firewalls, um, you could it actually understand the, the application layer. So what it does, it decomposes the application layer and look into the content of the application itself. So, for example, it could look at web traffic. If there's a piece of malware that's kind of being transported over your web uh, traffic, it could detect that. It could also act as a component of a spam filtering system where it'll be able to look at content as it flows through the uh, the firewalls. And just to take care of a little bit more of other capabilities, I said that one of the newer ch- over the years has been things like application firewalls, you know, stateful protocol analysis and things like that. These are newer, uh, I would say immediately current, but things that have changed over the years. In the past, the firewalls were more at the network level, and now they're there plus at the application level as well. I would say that we're applying it in different places uh, in, in addition to the uh, pure network layer. Yeah. With today's mobile devices and, you know, laptops being taken outside of the, the trusted uh, enterprise network, most of our mobile, mobile devices have uh, firewall capabilities, so they do have a host firewall running on the local system. That firewall, most of the time, may also have other capabilities like some intrusion detection capabilities or intrusion protection capabilities built into the firewall itself. You want to be able to push that type of level of defense down to the end node itself, in this case, down at the laptop level. For example, most of the modern operating systems like Windows and Mac OS N and Linux have built-in firewall capabilities in, in the OS, as part of the OS. And these are designed to function with what would be on the network? They're configured in such a way? Yes. Some of these firewall has capabilities where you could actually manage the rule set of the host-based firewall from a central management console. So the notion of when your laptop 
actually is on the uh, enterprise network, the, the firewall rule set may behave differently than when you take that laptop out on travel to an untrusted network like at a, a hotel network. It would have a different profile, different rule set. And then, of course, you lead into other places. You know, am I going to bring the device here? Is it past my health status check and that sort of thing? So it's about using the firewall appropriately for different threat differences. Obviously, the mobile worker brings the potential for additional threats because of the untrusted nature of that network they're at. How about other kinds of mobile devices, whether we're talking about Blackberries, iPhones, Androids, or removable storage? Do they have similar kinds of capabilities as, as the operating systems you find on laptops? Speaking broadly, mobile devices generally do not have as much sophisticated capability to defend itself as other devices. And, of course, the addition of mobile devices does make our life more interesting. So we have to deal with that in a different ways. You know, the Blackberries have a full management interface of how to manage these devices remotely, which is why you can do things like wipe them remotely and disable service rapidly and quickly on those that are believed to be stolen. In general, mobile devices like uh, smartphones do not, do not have firewall capabilities, but the security model is slightly different than a general purpose OS. They do have other security mechanisms like sandboxing capabilities, and sign applications and, and things like that to to provide a level of security, but in general, they do not come with a firewall built-in. I, I, just to piggyback on that, sandboxing is obviously one of the key, key ways that people deal with not letting something uh, go into another space that it shouldn't be in. In other words, it must operate within the sandbox. It can't get out of that sandbox. Firewalls first initiated when I guess the way to protect data was to build this wall around it and control the traffic in and, there, in and out. Of course, data now exists everywhere. So if you're a uh, chief information security officer, say, at a government agency or a bank or at a hospital, uh, how do you integrate firewalls into an overall IT security regime? Well, in the same way you introduce any other mechanism, it's another business decision of what you're going to is it Does it work with my existing enterprise well? Is my architecture around, I want these multifunction products that can do multiple activities, or do I want more single-purpose ones? Uh, that trend goes back and forth over the years. I wouldn't say it's remarkably different in the healthcare infrastructure or any other IT infrastructure. Having a policy, having an architecture, understanding the kinds of data that you have and the kinds of activities people are undertaking. If you have a large mobile workforce, always always remote, there's different kinds of activities around virtual private networks that you're going to use. So it's about an integrated architecture, I would say, largely speaking. And in general, the reason why you're implementing a firewall is to provide some kind of capabilities to support your policy. So you need to understand what is your policy regarding the type of traffic that you want to flow within your network, understand protocols that you want to allow on your network, and who need to have access to those type of services and protocol. And then that will drive the firewall rule set that you may want to configure on, on your, at, at the enterprise level and maybe down to the end node level even. Hopefully, you would have some kind of a business reason for allowing, not allowing certain type of things. If largely people are just accessing email, you know, but if they're accessing back-end resources, that's a different set of things you want to do in those two environments. I mean, it's challenging for the architect. Over the years, people have talked about the disappearance of a perimeter, that you have to let things in your network in order to do business, and it's challenging for people to do that, which is why, again, having a clear sense of those needs, the business drivers, the mission needs people have, and scaling those security practices to best support that while still maintaining a reasonable degree of security. Anything else you would like to add? 
No, we just, again, encourage people to uh, take a look at our publications and uh, look at our website, give us feedback, and we, we certainly aim to serve and appreciate folks uh, looking at our pubs and giving us feedback. What is the publication number again for Firewalls? Firewall, it's 800-41. And when they say 800, they mean 800-41. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Marusha. Thank you. Thank you. I've been speaking about Firewalls with Tim Grants and Marusha Zupaya at the National Institute of Standards and Technology. I'm Eric Chabro of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by GovInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.GovInfoSecurity.com.